young, young, young Thomas. <laughs> you sound like you're on a little pony. Your mom just bought you a pony and you're going young, 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 young. Or you could be Asian. Oh, oh, I didn't say that, did I? No, I didn't. I'm sorry. Can we start over? No. <laughs> now, my friend, I got some bad news. Do you Uh-oh. Know- this is from, we don't want any bad news. This is supposed to be fun. Well, it's, it's also informative, and it maybe helps people to check their waistline. Do you know, a report from the CDC found American men and women, on the average, have gained almost 10 pounds in the past 10 years. Not only that, Thomas, men are getting shorter. How is that possible? Well, in 1914, the U.S. men were the third tallest in the world. We're now the 37th tallest. Women were the fourth tallest, and now women are the 42nd. You know what else is shrinking when it comes to people? What's that? U.S. citizens. Their brain? Exactly. <laughs> you, you know me well, don't you? They say this is caused by worsening diet. Bad choices. What do you think the average waistline for the American male is today? 37. 40. 40? Women, take That's, a guess. Wait, wait, wait. That's the average? Yes. Holy moly. I never would have guessed that. Come on. You know they're making scales now that after it gets to a certain point, it says to be continued. Oh, my God. Guess what the average waist for a woman is? I'm going to go with 32. 39. 39? Yep. What do Boy, you think? are we a bunch of tubbos here. Have you been to the mall lately? Fat, dumb, and stupid. That's us. Huh? What do you think the average weight of the American woman is today? The average weight? Yes. I'm going to go with a buck and a half. 170. 170? And what about men? 200. 197. Close. Wow. We're shorter and larger. We're a country of bowling balls with limbs, right? You are correcto Monday. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. I don't know about getting shorter, but we're sure getting dumber. We are. And even our body masses have gone way up. You know, that fat to muscle ratio. I don't know. What's going on around here? Let's get personal. You want to get personal? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So I'm five foot nine. Right. I weigh 188 pounds. I want to weigh 178. So I'm on my journey. Okay. Right. Because I am six feet tall and I weigh 188 pounds. I have a 36 inch waist and I really want to have a 34 inch waist. So I want to lose 10 pounds and two inches. Do you think I can do it? Yeah. I, I was well, on the treadmill again this morning. I'm telling you, pal, the treadmill is good because it gets your heart going and that's always wonderful. But you give up those carbs. I'm telling you, I went from 207 to 188 in just about six weeks. And I've kept it off because don't eat carbs Monday through Thursday. Probably not good that I bought those punchkeys on Fat Tuesday, though, right? What are, what are punchkeys? <laughs> You're Polish. Oh, yeah, but not a good Polak. You really don't know what punchkeys are? They're like a pastry? Yeah, it's a jelly-filled donut with powdered sugar on top. Mmm. The whole idea is you, you know, you get fat on Tuesday and then you fast throughout Lent. That's the whole idea, right? Well, from reading this article, I'm believing that a lot of Americans to start fasting Lent or no Lent, just do it because we got to get that average back, right? 40 inch waist for men and a 39 inch waist for women? Go to the mall. No, wait, wait. Did you say 39 or 37? 39 for women. That is crazy. I'm telling you, pal, we're a country of fatties. And all those skinny models aren't really rubbing off, right? (laughs) That all those fat people see on Fox. Tom and Mike. They just found out, that did a study, and they found that- Who's they? Who's they? This was done by 
Time Magazine. You just made that up. No, in, in correlation with somebody else. It was some, Listen, would you let me do the study? They've proved that major... you got to establish these things. Well, I just don't pull it out of my you-know-what. Yeah, you do. I, I research this stuff You're for you. You're famous for pulling things out of your yin-yang. <laughs> no, I'm not. This study proves that major health benefits from people who watch Christmas movies all year round, not just at Christmas time. It releases feel-good hormones. It creates a neurological shift that produces happiness. Also promotes positivity and inspiration. Also can strengthen your relationships with just about anyone. And it also throws back nostalgia and evokes a feeling of, of good times, reminding people of what they were like when they were growing up. Also reduces stress and anxiety. How about that? You know, I was just thinking to myself, because at Christmas time this year, I recorded all these Christmas movies on the right. Hallmark Channel. <clears throat> right. And I didn't watch any of them. And now you've given me inspiration to go back and watch them all year long, because I'll be a happier person, right? Yeah. Maybe I should do that when I'm on the treadmill instead of the Andy Griffith show. What do you think? Yeah. People just want their life to be Hallmark Christmas cards, don't you think? Yeah. And I think Hallmark probably came up with this study because they want to sell more Christmas cards. They want to sell more any kind of card. They say that even decorating your tree spikes dopamine and a feel-good hormone in your body. Just decorating a tree. I hate you know, decorating the trees. I hate putting up Christmas decorations. I and I really... Really hate taking them down. Oh, you know it's not Christmas until I see Hans Gruber fall from the Nakatomi Tower. <laughs> right, right. That's a real Christmas movie, pal. That's that's what we want. None of that little a Christmas story or whatever. That little kid with a BB gun. Oh, come on. That's my favorite. Can we drink like it's Christmas all year long to make us happy? That's been my plan all year long. 365. Holiday if, cheer, 365. And if people like eggnog so much, how come we don't have it all year round? Ever ask yourself that? Egg exactly. <laughs> I mean, we have it at Christmas time. Everybody loves it. And then, boom, they throw it in the cupboard and we never see it again for another 11 and a half months, right? Well, you know, back to the original story we were talking about earlier. Can you imagine if we drank eggnog all year long? Yeah. The average waist size would not be 40 anymore. It'd be probably 50, right? Yeah. I, I can't get. believe that, though. To go back to the other story, I don't want to go back. A 40-inch waist for men and a 39-inch waist for women. It's disgusting. It is disgusting. And no wonder our healthcare system is going to crap. But I thought people were so into working out. And I guess there's a lot of opening and closing of the refrigerator. Can you burn calories like that? <laughs> no. But you're right. People do go to the gym, but there's many more people who don't get off their couch, pal. Come on. Well, let's get off our couch and go to the next thing. Tom and Mike. After officially being eliminated in the year 2000, measles has made a big comeback. This winter, six confirmed outbreaks in 10 states, all because of one thing anti-vaccination people, anti-vaxxers they're called. Not only is this hurting their children, you know, because measles is now causing blindness and deafness, among other things, right? Do you know what the states are? I remember a few weeks ago we did one. It was Washington and Oregon. But then here's the thing. This is happening to kids of mostly deeply religious people who view it as unnatural or interfering with God's will. It's also a problem because there's people that get on these Facebook internet groups that are anti-vaxxers and they share the same kind of, uh, uh, cray cray. Yeah. The same thing. 
And you know, when a normal parent messages their kids, they use a text or a phone. These anti-vaxxers, you know how they message their kids? On a Ouija board, Thomas. That's how bad it's gotten. <laughs> you know, they hate the term anti-vaxxers. How about we call them pro-plague? How about that? They think pro they'd plague. like that? Yeah, yeah, I like it. You know, vaccine research labs, 200 years of research and development. They don't buy it. Anti-vaccine research labs, 200 minutes on the internet. That's what they do, Thomas. I, I don't like it. it. They argue that the country 200 years ago, they ate organic, they ate unprocessed foods and didn't have vaccines and they lived to the ripe old age of died in childbirth that's what happens not back then in childbirth yeah baby and it's not just measles and stuff these anti-vaxxers it's crossing over other things in 50 years the survival rate of childhood leukemia has risen from less than 10 percent to now to over 90 percent you're just full of fun facts today, well i'm hoping the, i'm hoping our millennials that are going to be having kids pretty soon can you know smell the coffee right or smell the vaccine you know, if you connect the measles on the back of a kid, you know what it spells out? What? My parents are idiots. I know. I'm not going to do another story about anti-vaxxers again unless something else happens. But we eliminated measles in 2000, and now it's come back, and it's come back strong, and it's causing all kinds of problems with kids. I don't get it, Thomas. Well, like we talked about earlier, our stature as far as height right. and intellect getting much, much smaller. Tom and Mike. Do you know that half of all adults between the ages of 22 and 37, they don't drive a car? And why is that? Well, they would rather spend their time doing more productive tasks than driving. They use ride-sharing services. And this has caused a big problem with automakers because they fear that millennials will have the incentive. They don't meet their friends in person. They'll communicate through social media and smartphones and not go to places to meet them. They also think that they're less affordable and they're debt-strapped already with their colleges paying for that. So... It's a car is just more of a hassle. I'm telling you right now, car ownership in America 20 years down the road is going to be in half. You don't think so, do you? Well, I know, but, but conversely, baby boomers, 65% of them say they enjoy the time spent driving, actually go out and drive the car just to get in it and drive. How about that? How does this work out with autonomous drivers? What's that mean? Autonomous? Yeah. The car drives itself. Oh, well, well that's not a reality for a while, pal. Oh, come on. I drove an autonomous car two years ago. Buddy, you got I the I told bullet. you about that. You've got the bullet parked in that driveway. Can you see yourself behind the wheel of that bullet, not driving it yourself? No. Come on. <laughs> what are you talking to? What are you talking? You're talking to a monkey here. I know what you're about. You're all about... I'm all get, about the drive. You're about having that wind blow your hair. and Shifting just, those gears. Yeah, stop at a red yeah. light, see those young things next to you, yeah. and they look at you in that bullet, and they That's say, me. oh, look, it's Steve McQueen. It's Steve McQueen. <laughs> With these young He's kids, some kind of queen. We're not <laughs> sure. <laughs> With these young kids scared about buying a car because it costs too much, I've got five cars for you under $20,000 that they can, you ready? Here are the five top cars for millennials that don't want to spend money. These are all under $20,000. One has to be the Chevy Cruze, right? No. That's under $20,000. Well, but these, I don't know, they picked these five. The reason I picked that one is because they just made the last Chevy Cruze in Lordstown, Ohio. GM is moving <sighs> their plant and all these jobs to Mexico. Jeez. Mr. Trump. Come on, pal. Hello. All right, here are the five cars. The Ford Fiesta, number one. The, the Honda Civic, Kia Soul, the Mazda 3, and the Volkswagen Golf. They're the five top cars for a millennial to get that are under $20,000. The Kia Soul, that's that car those rats drive, right? Yeah. You know, it's a shame that these kids don't drive these cars because they're such good drivers. They can do things we couldn't do when we were kids, like parallel park while talking on a cell phone and changing their iPod. I do know that. <laughs> wow. And if fewer people are getting their driver's license, why are the roads still clogged? Why? 
I don't know. And if a millennial buys a car, you don't need to have them. You don't have to have a, you know, what, what do they call those safety locks to the car gets sold? You know what you put in it? Right. A stick shift. They don't know how to do it, Thomas. They don't know how to drive a stick. <laughs> Tom and Mike. A 37-year-old British man drinks a pint of his own urine every day and claims he's never been healthier. Says he's bursting with energy. Even likes to age it, which makes it, he says, more potent. Tic-tac, anyone? <laughs> I'm guessing he's single, ladies. I'm thinking if I open this guy's refrigerator and there's all these little bottles in there <laughs> that are yellow, and I'm thinking it's Canada Dry. He actually says it dates back to the Bible, and he shouldn't be ridiculed for what he's doing. Apparently, Gandhi was known to knock back a glass or two, and look how it did for him, right? Wow. So how old is this guy? 37. 37. Although if you look at him on the Google machine, he looks like he's about 87. <laughs> <laughs> I say try apple cider vinegar. It's the same effect. That's what I'm thinking. Apple cider vinegar. Yeah. Okay. I bet he never gets invited to parties. You know how like you're supposed to bring a bottle when you go to a party? Yeah. I bet he never gets invited, does no, he? No, no. I can think of better ways of recycling, can't you? I can. I wonder if he drinks straight from the pump. From the pump? <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. Stop it. <laughs> Tom and Mike. Climate scientists are worried now that humans have been so predisposed to normalized extreme weather conditions, they're getting used to unseasonably but hard weather that they're not paying attention to it, right? Right. So that's a big worry. Yeah, I think we may have crossed the precipice for getting serious about climate change because you got to figure when a big chunk of the American population thinks it's all a hoax, thinks it's all, quote, fake news, and they don't believe science. Right. We're SOL, buddy. Have you heard about these 100-year storms? The problem is these 100-year storms are expected Tuesday, Thursday, next Saturday. They happen all the time now. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're happening more frequently than even the scientists had predicted. You know, the U.S. leads the world in people who think climate change is fake, but pro wrestling is real. We lead the nation in that. You know what? If we could just get the people who worry about traditional marriage to worry about traditional climate, we'd be having this thing licked, Thomas. Licked. We're destroying the earth. But you know what? It turns out that it's very profitable. Did you know that? Logging, oil, fracking, all these things are making a lot of people rich, my friend. Yes, sir. Do you know, in the U.S., we accept the weather predictions from a rodent, but deny climate change from leading scientists. How about that? <laughs> just never stops. Oh, you just make my point every single time we get together and talk. You know, you what, ask people. What? What is my point? Constantly, I'm telling people you. Are, people are knuckleheads. Yeah. Thank you, Captain Obvious. Tom and Mike.